Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, people probably told you that Chumpzilla was the only person skilled enough to chug beer while jumping from a 747. Blue skies, black death. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 190th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we continue our look at extreme flops with 1994 skydiving heist epic, Drop Zone. I am the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me for this harrowing pursuit of an elite skydiving thievery team, and their computer hacker companion are the leader of Posse Comatus, Chompzilla. Hey, man, I'm just saying, T-Dubs, don't hook me up with any more chicks that cook with their toes. That was weird. Yeah. And uh, also, we've got the man who only drinks wine by candlelight, Bling Blake. I believe the actual phrase to use was dick brain. <laughs> dick brain. <laughs> Oh, yes. That'll come back. Uh, so, points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bio Flops. You can find uh, Wabam Entertainment at W O B A M E N T on Twitter and Instagram. Drop Zone is free on Stars if you have that uh, network, or you can rent it for $2.99 or $3.99 across platforms. Let's talk beer. Tonight, we're drinking La Cumbre's Elevated IPA. It's a New Mexico. American Indian Pale Ale with a Captain Cash approved 7.2% ABV. It pours a deep golden orange color and has aromas of pine tropical fruits with a hint of citrus. Its body is more citrus orange with hints of pine, florals, lightly toasted malts. I gotta be honest, uh, I have nothing against you, Le Cumbre, but this beer is bitter and I would give this one bad movie. Do you think it's going to negatively affect your circle of enchantment? It could. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, on the can, it says that it's elevated by solar. So I don't know if they're like plant uses solar power, but that'd be pretty rad. Uh, if so, or if that's just like a weird thing, I don't know. But it says it, it's brewed with an obscene amount of the finest hops known to man. And I would say obscene is a correct phrasing because this thing is hoppy af nice i'm a little disappointed because i think there's like a 50 50 chance i might have liked this beer but sadly the closest i could get to it was colorado yeah it's a bit so of a drive uh, for chumzilla widen your widen your distribution that'd be great for you if you if you can and then uh chumzilla will drink a lot of it i'll try anything once maybe twice or three times the charm as they say uh drop zone hey. was directed by john batham of war games short circuit and saturday night fever fame and he's also wow. done a ton of tv work yeah so 
an eclectic mix of films there. He's directed uh, some like legit bangers. Don't forget Bird on a Wire and oh, he had another one. Um, Bird on a Wire. Oh, I'm, I'm striking out here, but uh, no, he's yeah. done. Yeah, he's done some like legit stars, big time yeah. movies with big stars. Yeah, and this movie is. Uh, this is not a rollerball scenario, but this movie is far from perfect, I would say. You know, I feel like the biggest criticism you can give this is that it is a sloppy action movie. It's not tight. I would not call this movie tight. No, it's about as tight as Gary Busey's sleeveless shirts throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it stars Wesley Pipe Snipes as Pete Nessup. Gary, Jake's dad, Busey, as Ty Moncrief. <laughs> Yancey, hard target butler, as Jesse Crossman. Michael Tango and Cash Jeter as Earl Letty. Welcome back. And rest in peace. I didn't know this. He died in like 2003. Oh, no. Yeah. And oh. he was kind of a great, like, nebbish actor. Yeah, he was a character great character actor. actor. You're like, oh, it's that guy. He's I, that I love guy. Him, man. And every he's the nerdy guy. Yeah, he know. died not too long after Jurassic Park three. Oh man. Yeah, and it's got a host of others, which we'll talk about some in the plot. But uh, it was released in December of 1994. Odd time to release a summer skydiving movie, but sure. Um, it's the most successful of our extreme flops, and I can say that with confidence because our last one, Damned River. I don't think went to theaters. So it brought home a lot of money at the box office um, that you only have to measure with one comma. So in in your heart, it was the box office that we met along the way. Well, it, it was at it was at Cannes, right? It was at Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> Absolutely, I yeah, think it yeah, got like a, a nine-minute standing ovation. It was so, in James Cannes Garage. It was yeah. filmed in James Cannes Garage. Yeah. So Drop Zone grossed twenty-eight point six million. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's 62 million, which whatever, on a budget of 45 million, which is also odd that it costs this much. Uh, critics were not quite as displeased with it as prior films. It sits at 39% on Rotten Tomatoes with 23 reviews. Audience score is lower, which I thought was weird, at 32%, because yeah, this movie's not great, but it's actually sort of fun and at least worth laughing at. So it's got a decent cast, right? You've got a good mix of that, like early nineties action cast. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's and character actors and stuff. Yeah. I think it's always going to be. Busey's always going to rule. Always rules. And I love snipes. Never stop loving snipes. It's Uh, It's a, it's a quintessential snipes movie. Yes. Yeah. And when we get to recommendations, I have a Snipes movie to recommend. Like the problem with this movie is it's jokier elements or it's one-liners. The action hallmark of the 90s and 80s are just terrible. When did this movie come out again, T-Dubs? 1994. 94. Okay. We are past peak one-liner. And the problem with this movie is that it does not elevate it. It's just kind of like, yeah, we know what you're doing, but it doesn't, you're not, none of these are landing. They land, but not as hard as they would like them to. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that because I've created a new category, which you inspired me last week with rollerball, but we'll, we'll get there in lingering questions. I can't see how that's a good thing. 
Well, sometimes inspiration comes from the darkest of places, and that's what happened here. <laughs> oh, if no. Rollerball can at least give us something positive yeah. in this world, then God, thank, thank, thank you. So yeah, fair enough. We are on to one sentence descriptions. Blink Blake, how would you describe drop zoned in one sentence? Passenger 57 gets the F off the plane. Okay, yeah. Passenger 57 meets Air Force One. Air Force One. Get yeah. off my plane. And and pull your parachute. Get off, but pull the chute. You know, the, the, I think the coolest part about this is that he, you know, early in the movie, I get gets thrown off the plane without a parachute, and that's pretty exciting. First of all, that seems pretty fucking rad. But that's at the same stuff. time, like that's just not something that that's not how you build your business in the Yelp era. <laughs> so it turns it out is- she she shot me out of a trap door. <laughs> It's it's generally ill advised to throw U.S. marshals out of aircraft without parachutes. Only if you're a bitch. Uh, Chump Zilla, <laughs> how would you describe drop zone in one sentence? Uh, this is a weird one for me, but basically, this movie stars the first character in what I consider to be the MCU in a film that features plot points that were totally ripped off for the second and third films in the Chris Nolan Batman trilogy. We've got money laundering and a plane heist. Right? So, I mean, right there, if if Nolan is stealing your ideas, it's pretty hard to call this a bad movie. Uh, you know what? And Blade rules. That's a stretch. But. I would uh I would pick Blade over The Dark Knight Rises a hundred times out of a hundred. So and, Dude, and I'm not kidding. That vampire bloodbath rave scene is classic. Donald Logue, check. Chew. Awesome. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Blade doing cool sword shit, check. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Batman fucking getting his back fixed in a Turkish prison, thumbs down. Not in for it. Nope, I'm out. You, what you don't think underground prison traction devices are good for you? Obviously, we get off differently. Got it. I don't expect three bodies in yeah. the wreckage, brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need a chiropractor to fix that man so he can come fight me and got him. See, the only thing that would have been better is that in that moment, the guy was like, "Did you not watch Drop Zone? Just, just bite off my finger. Like, we'll be fine." Oh, fuck. Gary Busey's character, Ty Moncrief, would not only drop into that prison and snatch all their good shit, he would make that jump that only a little girl made because that makes sense. All right. Anyways, let's get to my one sentence description. Everything's fine. It's uh, (laughs) murder at 1,600 feet. (laughs) Or or passenger 58 or uh it's you know i think one sentence is hard this week because while i do i I do like this movie i really enjoyed watching it again i haven't seen it in a long time uh so i really enjoyed revisiting it it's it's a fun perfect early 90s action movie but like it is such a generic early 90s action movie that it's hard to really say anything like there's there's nothing to say about the plot makes no sense. It's very, um, how do you put this? It's like 
you understand the plot, but at the same time, there's nothing super memorable about oh, it. It's very by the numbers. Like this is a hundred percent a straight to DVD movie. Five yeah. years after this, yeah. Uh, but let's get into the plot. Pete Nessup and his brother Terry, played by Malcolm Jamal Warner, aka Theo Huxtable. Good to see seeing, him. Seeing that guy, that, that that warmed my cold dead heart. I'm like, uh-huh. he's in a lot of shit still. I mean, he was in the OJ show with Cuba Green Jr. He, he's, he's a good actor. He's good yeah. in this too. I, yeah, I love the dude. So there are two feds escorting a prisoner, Earl Letty. Uh, Letty is set to testify against someone for something doesn't really matter. But He's he the money sa- guy. But he wasn't safe in prison anymore. By the way, to your point, they steal the money guy. Hey, Nolan, stop being a hack. Right. Stop, stop stealing shit. Tr- you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same same kind of deal. You know? Yeah, Famous, nice. yeah. Whatever. Uh, so he wasn't safe in prison anymore, but he loves homeless cats and hacking. Hey, now. Hey, now. Yeah. I love a homeless Shots cat. fired at Chumpsilla. Yeah, okay. Anyways, uh, shit goes down aboard the plane as a crew of hijacking skydivers kidnap Letty and escape through the clouds. Terry, along with several passengers, dies in the attack. For some reason, the feds believe nothing Pete says and suspend him. Thus, he must go it alone, a rogue agent on the hunt for truth. This leads him to Florida, where all skydivers, both benevolent and evil, live. He must infiltrate their tight ranks to find people who killed his brother. Wait, I thought we were doing the Wesley Snipes movie. Is this Point yes. Break? Yeah. So, yeah, this movie is Point Break, which I have okay. a question about later. So, uh, okay, let's, well, let's I'll show up. So, he must infiltrate their tight ranks to find the people who killed his brother. This is complicated when the man he's looking for, Jagger, do 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 do, dives like Jagger. Winds up tangled in some power lines. Way to steal a plot point, Deadpool 2. Anyway. We got Brad Pitt out of that. I'm not complaining. Yeah. So anyway, he learns to fall from planes. Meanwhile, Moncrief and his team reveal their nefarious plot to skydive into a government building and steal the identities of all the undercover agents in the U.S. The first time, they do it for free to prove their value. Moral of the story, they should have just taken the money. Well, that's straight up 1980s dare war on drugs mentality. They're going to give you the first hit for free. First taste is free, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It's just so painfully stupid. So now Pete and his pal Jesse form an elite skydiving team because they know the evil skydivers will probably be at this contest in D.C., Evil skydiving team. Yes. One billion dollars. Uh, they've got a homeless guy, one of Tint Cup's pals, and not Michael Rappaport from Higher Learning. None of this really matters. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. But Jesse, after loaning fake Rappaport her parachute pack, goes to confront Moncrief. She knew it was sabotaged after the opening round. Pete, along with the team, must save her, which leads them to also parachute atop the government building. Somehow none of this is seen by cameras or people. Or Is that the same government anyone. building from Stone Cold? They explain all of that, Thunderous Wizard. They've got the smuggler's rig. Uh, nobody's looking for them because they're skydivers because it's the 4th of July uh, 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 fireworks show over D.C., which is always a fantastic time. If you guys are ever in 
DC beginning of July. Make sure you go down for that. It's it's wonderful. The and smuggler's more- rig is perhaps the greatest plot point we've ever had on this podcast. It's yeah. Fantastic. It's great. Well, doesn't show up on radar, which I didn't know that parachutists showed up on radar anyway. Let's bring it down a notch here too, because this is all obviously pre 9-11. So there's no restricted airspace over the Capitol either. That is patently false. Wah, wah, wah. I got to tell you, if, Gary Busey wanted to perpetrate 9-11. He has the smuggler's rig, so. Uh, Was there a translucent neon fiddle involved? That's probably the Well, that's the thing. I mean, that was in the checked bag, which caught the attention and Uh drew them away from the smuggler's rig. (laughs) Of course. Uh, So anyways, fistfights, shootouts, more skydiving, an incredibly blonde wig and one incredible final kill later. Literally, it's Moncrief free-falling through the windshield of a truck and Pete saves the day. Hooray! That is Drop Zone. And don't worry, guys. We're going to talk about the wig. Uh, but first, how many beers are required to sit through Drop Zone? Chumzilla. Oh, this is like a solid three fun movie beer for me. I'm usually the misanthrope, but it's not bad. Uh, but it's it's sort of nonsensical at points. But man, you have a couple couple three brews through it, and you're you're, you're going to manage. It'll be fine. It's uh, your standard '90s action fare. I yeah. think that's totally fair. I I think this movie is stupid and fun. Blink Blake. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're all pretty much on the same page. I am three fun beers. Uh, you get some classic. Wesley Snipes uh, comedy and some classic Wesley Snipes ass kicking and some cool action and some dumb one liners and some fun characters like I I really enjoyed watching it again it is not by any stretch of the imagination like high cinema no um, but it's it's perfectly serviceable for a Thursday evening at home with half of a six pack I had a great time Here's where my my distinction will come in because fun beers can be deceptive, right? Like you can have fun with a movie, but it can be a bad movie, but you're having fun. So it's not mm. like pain beers. Whereas I would say this is two fun beers because it's stupid and one pain beer because of the constant zooming in of the skydivers that aren't necessary. I mean, it's and they not... do nothing for the movie. Yeah, I mean... Here's the thing, T-Dubs. It's not a good action movie, but it's also not the worst I've ever seen. But yeah, I agree. There are parts of this that seem kind of... But there's some exceptional skydiving scenes. Yeah. I mean, it's like highs and lows, right? That are kind of ruined when they zoom in on Wesley Snipes. Clearly in front of like a weird green screen background, just saying terrible jokes. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to make a comment here because... I think you'll appreciate this. I'll tie it into the MCU. I think that is a problem with movies that have big stars in them, genre movies, quote unquote genre movies with big stars. A lot of times with their contracts, as ugly as it sounds, they have like FaceTime quotas that have to be met. So that's why in these superhero flicks, people morph their masks on and off constantly because they got to get their face on screen because I'm going to assume they're, agents negotiated and hey x amount of time has to have his face on it so you got to have your face in it that makes sense close-ups whatever and i get it i get it from a marketing standpoint and a a, a 
a star's ego standpoint. But yeah, you get to a point where it makes the movies feel weird. And to your point, the, some of those zoom-ins were weird. But at the end of the day, for what it is, it wasn't bad. There's, there's some legit, decent skydiving scenes. There's some very cool skydiving scenes, which we'll talk about after the break. Because we're going to take our first break. Um, when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about point br- drop zone. <laughs> no, 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 stop, stop right here. This goes in the pod. We're going to talk about point break after this because that's a better movie. You know what? Fuck it. We're talking about point break because I want to talk yeah. about Keanu. Uh, you guys are going to steal my recommendations. This is we bullshit. Still, we still got Busey, though. <laughs> it's all good. Hello and welcome back to the 190th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking 1994's Drop Zone, and we've got some lingering questions about this skydiving classic. First, listen guys, we all know Point Break is rad, mm-hmm. but the, the writers of this film really believe a whole movie about one scene would work. Like, hey, so they jumped out of a plane in Point Break, should we do a whole fucking movie about that? I mean, it's one of the best scenes in Point Break. It, I was, it's a good scene. It's I was still scene. awake for that part the last time that we watched that movie together, so that's nice. Um, I will say this. At least they understood how that scene should work out and give us the post-mortem versus The Dark Knight Rises, which just kind of yada, yada, yada's over it. Again, I, I will slander The Dark Knight Rises whenever possible. Yeah. That movie sucks. Um, it's not better than Batman versus Superman. So I'm close. No, but I, I do think banking on skydiving as an appealing enough thing to create an entire movie around was a stretch. Here's my take on that. I will give the dark Knight some credit. I do like that extraction scene better because they played up the uh, tension of it a bit more and it was a little more clever. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say that there's no way that Chris Nolan pulls that off without watching this movie first. Well, you do have to have trained skydivers and, and there's some cool things out there about Drop Zone and I'll share them on the socials about the it way they like- filmed some of those scenes. And like, yeah. these were elite skydivers doing some very elite skydiving shit it seems more authentic it really does and more practical i'm terrified of heights and i would never jump out of a plane but i would never jump out of a functioning airplane not in a million years i'm right it's just not my thing so see i've never done it but i would much rather jump out of an airplane than go bungee jumping like i don't know why but like the airplane and the parachute seems way safer and like how about neither I always feel like you, know, you have to have a choice here. The liability uh, um, clauses that companies sign up for seem a lot more trustworthy with skydiving companies than they do with bungee jumping companies, where you can just go to like a random country and they'll be like, "Yeah, fucking put on this bungee cord and jump." Dude, I mean, hundred percent. Like, I think it's probably way safer to go skydiving in Indiana than it is to go parasailing in the Bahamas. Well, that's because you land in the the sweet, sweet, comforting arms of rich mitts. 
No, no, you actually land in Gary Busey's sleeveless T-shirt. Oh, man, Sch- Schmitz happens. First of all, Rick Schmitz is from like fucking Sweden or something. He played for the Pacers. Yeah, but he's like from Europe. He said Indiana, so he's he's playing <laughs> okay. for the he's playing for the Pacers. Rick Schmitz. Schmitz Rick happens. Schmitz. He's the now. dunking Dutchman. So. He is the dunking Dutchman. That's correct. <laughs> all right. So now here's our new question. And I believe this is going to work out for most pods. And as I said, you inspired me, Chumpsilla. But is oh, what no. was the holy shit, I can't believe that happened moment in drop zone for you? So, for example, in rollerball, mm-hmm. it's the night vision scene, or it's the horrendous drop kick through the window, or go on. That movie was a hot mess. And I'll, I'll kick us off because it is a new topic. But there's a scene in this movie where they do the initial heist mm. and they parachute out of the building and they show the parachuters parachuting into this truck, the bed of this truck. And the first two guys make it, but the third guy clearly doesn't. And he lands in front of the truck. I feel I'm like sure there might've been a up. casualty on this movie. And then it's just okay. Right. Like, yeah. then, like and then it just have like, they just but he got, totally got run over by yeah. like a dump truck. Like yeah. you say, you say the back of a pickup truck. It was like a it was like a construction yeah. dump truck. So that's a hundred percent fatality. Like you have to cut, you have to in editing, you have to cut that out. Yeah, like, like just don't show the third guy land. Like yeah. oh, everybody made it. Like we'll and there's a couple other moments in this movie. Of course, is the, <laughs> there's the blonde wig of Gary Busey stunt Busey double the in, the, yeah. in the final fight scene. Like that wig is. Bad, 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 mm-hmm. bad. But the guy not landing in the bed of the the, the dump truck and getting like it appears as if he's been run and, over. And what you got to realize at this point, right? And let's just be clear here. What you have to realize at that point in filming this movie with this budget, you can't reshoot that guy. It's like fuck it, that's it. Just to your point, T Dubs, you cut it better to make it not as clear that he missed. But you can't reshoot that. That you get one shot at that, and that was it. Next shot, moving on. Just because it's your only take doesn't mean you have to use the whole thing. No, you're right. You're 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 right there, Bling. You, you got to cut that tighter. But oh no, no, we that's know. We know. Cut, yeah, we know. We know why the. We know why it happened. It was a one cut, and like eh, good enough. Yes. Yeah. No, the editor bad. was clearly yeah. drinking heavily. And it's like, oh no, it looks good. Because there's a couple others. And I hope stiffed him on a couple of checks. He's like, fuck it, I'll finish this shit. I hope one of of you mentions one of the other ones I noticed. But Bling Blake, we'll start with you. I'm not sure this is gonna be the one that you mentioned, but I I loved the uh the introduction to to swoop when he (laughs) fake falls and like stop well, stop, stop, stop. Swoop, you mean Miami University's mascot swoop? No, no, swoop, no. Swoop We're talking Hawk. about the homeless skydiver. There is there is there's no chance that I mean swoop that, the Red Hawk. That Love abomination of a school mascot. Love and honor. Okay. Rufus Rufus Bobcat would tackle that damn Red Hawk and tear him limb from limb. Let me know uh, when he could fly. Okay. <laughs> uh but like the that he was just like that he he pranked base jumping off of a not very high building and we're supposed to think that he was just relaxing and hanging out and drinking his lemonade while wearing a parachute underneath his drug rug. And, and I, to be, I to have be so fair, many problems with that character. 
Swoop is great. I, My, I, I was so many problems. To, to be fair, Rufus the stunt bomb is the man. <laughs> Swoop is the stunt bomb. Swoop the stunt bomb. If <laughs> you guys not watched bum fights, come on. That's I mean, yes, you know I've watched bum fights. So, <laughs> so honestly, I say this is catharsis. It's one of my biggest regrets in life. I, I have seen bum fights. It is horrible. All right, jump so back yeah. to the point. What is the holy shit? I can't believe they left that in the movie moment for you. I'm gonna flip this around since it's the inaugural inaugural roll whatever it's this is the first time <clears throat> i'm gonna say i was really shocked in the opening scene when you have wesley snipes and theo huxtable in the car they're both uh theo is wearing like a polo and and uh wesley's wearing some sort of weird collared shirt and then when they step into the penitentiary they've got sport coats on and I was like, there's no way they matched those guys' undershirts to the shirts they were wearing in the car versus the scene in the, in the prison with their sport coats on. But goddamn, they did. Wesley's was a carless uh, button-up deal, and uh, Theo had on a polo. And I'm like, you know what? Credit those guys. That's some good continuity. Boy, did anybody so, rock a, a banded collar dress shirt like Wesley Snipes in the early nineties? I mean, I mean, that's a look, right? It was a, it was a look. It lasted. That, you know, I moved to Idaho in the early two thousands, and it was still a look in Idaho then because it was a little bit behind the times there. But yeah, man, yeah. the banded collar it it definitely had a had its moment. Thank you for giving it, me a name to that look. But yeah, I, I was just impressed did. that they they carried that over. Because it felt to me when they made that transition from the car to the prison, that was like like six months later <laughs> in shooting. So, so you had a like a positive holy yeah, shit. Yeah, no, I, I, I give them credit. I'm breaking um, the mold here, but I'll, I'll get on the, so, the hate so train later. I just, I just want to mention, nobody mentioned that uh, in the final fight when he defeats uh, Moncrief, he basically blasts him through the window and he's just it's just a stunt person holding a dummy and it's flailing in all sorts of directions that humans don't move. That was pretty bad. But, yeah. But also when Moncrief dies and goes headfirst through the windshield of this truck, it is just a total dummy. <laughs> and it's I was a dummy. Yeah. I mean, the the whole concept of that final death, like I mean, I know we're talking about a about a 90s action movie, and there's gonna be crazy deaths, but like you're fighting somebody and you happen to, you know, pull this move where you blast each other out of a window and, and drop one of them. And he's just going to just so happen to fall through the windshield of the truck that's leaving the scene of the crime to get away and kill the driver. It's like, come on, that's that's way too coincidental, even for Hollywood screenwriting and all of the cocaine involved in 1994. But at the same time, I love that death so much. I just don't care. Yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Yeah. It was totally a, a ridiculous. But and aside yeah. from the like clear dummy, it's a it's a badass stunt to send the dude through the building to do the free fall parachute drop. It's really cool. They really they really uh, downplay how hard base jumping is. They're just yeah. like, uh, obviously, you can just repack your parachute while you're fighting people running through a building and be ready to go again to jump from 
hundreds of feet where normally you deploy a parachute at you know thousands of feet i mean let's not apply any sort of reasonable logic to this film that would that's fair you're right. be no, to our detriment. Yeah. you don't Obviously. need any of that because there's a you know there's the scene where the guy should die and uh he most certainly would well not... even the opening scene yeah, he should be very dead so here let's just make a, a comment here on on the opening action whatever scene when the side of the plane gets ripped open and theo gets sucked out he gets sucked out and he's like torn out of the plane but wesley snipes just laying on the floor of the plane with his arm out stretched okay like, bro it's like, not well, that kind if, of move if he gets sucked not, out not why, why are you move. affected by the same forces of physics every wow everybody would have been sucked out of the plane well, not necessarily. That's that's not true either. But the fact that but everybody within the vicinity. But, but the fact, but the fact that yeah, Snipes is hanging over the edge. No, you're gone too, brother. It's the yes. guys at the front of the plane are fine, but not the guy literally arm outstretched. Yes. And there's out many like, people Theo, around him. Tell Cliff, I love him. He's not. No, making nobody it. loves Cliff's Huxable anymore. All right, now. <laughs> now I have another question. Are we to believe that there are entire bars dedicated to skydiving slash skydivers? And if there are, would you freak with them? I think Blink Blake would. He's kind of a, you know, he's like the most extreme of us. Absolutely. He's not I mean, the extreme haircut. So, yeah, I would go to a skydiving bar. I don't believe that they exist, but I would go to it. Nobody I thought, would talk to me because they haven't jumped with me. I it was just a really weird plot point to me and also just screamed of how badly this movie wanted to be point break. I just didn't understand. Like I lived in the DC region for about 11 years and I'm not sure where that bar is supposed to be. Cause it felt like it was in Florida. Well, that one was in Florida. That bar. It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Early the on. Pre, yeah. The, 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 the pre, the pre tryouts. Happened in Florida. Is that what yeah. was going on? Yeah. Well, which which is also a weird dynamic too. Why Florida? Because it's well, cheap to film there. Because there's no right? rules there. Yeah. In, ga- in Gators, apparently. All right. Next question. Is skydiving really the best way to break into a government building? Bling Blake. I mean, if you have free reign to the skies over DC on the 4th of July, then absolutely not no you can't just get on the roof of a government building and somehow gain access to the whole building it's a terrible idea uh chumzilla well based on my research which is effectively just watching uh battlefield earth again i mean they don't necessarily skydive into the government buildings but they still steal jets from it so i'm thinking if the guys from battlefield earth could do it without skydiving then it can't be the best way. So I'm, I'm going to say skydiving, not the best way Yeah, to no. infiltrate a government uh, facility. I agree. It's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> why? It's why an is option, former... but it might not be the best one. That's all I'm saying. And, and we never get like the Moncrief backstory, right? Like he's obviously a former DEA agent who is now going to turn his, his inside knowledge into money. He's no shame in the game. But like, yeah, Busey's character is clearly like the head bad guy, but they never give him like the full backstory. Right? So, do you like, want to know? Was he always actual... the skydiving enthusiast? Yeah, like, that's do my you, question. Do you want to know my actual one sentence description? Go right ahead. 
it was good news, folks. Angelo Papas did not die at the end of Point Break. He Thank faked God. his death so he could steal government secrets. You think there was a point hold where on, he asked on. me to is, bring him two parachutes? Is this just a, a, a prequel for National Treasure? Might be. Angelo Papas could be anywhere. Are they going to steal He's a ghost. the Declaration of Independence? That's all I wanted to know. Look, if if uh, Benjamin Gates didn't have to skydive into the National Archives, I don't see why they couldn't just like wear tuxedos wow. to a gala of some kind. Like, I, I've got questions now. Yeah. I've got questions now, so I'm saying. <laughs> There's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And Lauren Bogart is going to find it. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, no. Stop. <laughs> All right, so... Good question here. Better glass swinging kick, this or rollerball? I will unequivocally say this. Yeah, it's unanimous, right? Like, because it's I not mean, even a glass. It's not even a glass swinging kick in rollerball. Like, he's launching vertically and then somehow projects himself forward horizontally. He, he goes make, up and over. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, it's not the how, editing is nauseating. It goes to this movie by default, though. Yeah, this movie not great, but better than Rollerball. It's not. Uh, great, I would tell you the physics works. And yep. you, you guys mm-hmm. weren't on the sudden death pod, but I mean that has a much better glass swinging kick than this. That's because it's Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, makes sense. Dude's a hell of a hockey goalie, I hear. Mm-hmm. Oh God, he's the best, Brad Tolliver. And finally, best skydiving stunt. Or kill or action scene from this film. Because I actually think there's mm. some really cool skydiving stunts. And we've talked about uh the finale of the film and whatever, but Chemsel, what do you think? You know, I'm not gonna be a big uh purist on this one. Any of the legit skydiving shots in this movie are decent. Like none of them are bad. I'm not saying they work well with the film. I'm not saying it incorporates well into some other stunt down the road or in the next scene or whatever. But honestly, the straight-up skydiving footage from this movie, not bad. I give all of those scenes a thumbs up. Okay, yeah. I mean, if I was going to pick particularly just a skydiving scene, it's the one where Moncrief's gang is jumping in, in the prelims of the DC jump, and he does that thing where he... Like just, he goes into like uh I guess what you would call it is a Jesus pose, but and then yeah. he like spins, you know. That's a cool little trick, right? Yeah. And it looked it looks really rad. I mean, my favorite is the the prelude to the final kill where the guy jumps through the window and does the free fall or does the uh the cannonball. Talk. Well, you know, he kills Gary Busey, but he does the base jump out of the building. Oh, yeah. It's just a really rad looking stunt. And I just wish it like it wasn't so clear there was a dummy there, but it's still rad. So, Blink Blink, what do you think? Chumzilla, I felt like you kind of punted on this question, but I to totally your, did. Yeah. But to your point, I think it's really cool in general how much they actually did in the air on this film like uh, it was legit it wasn't cgi this is legit aerial stunts 
for a lot of the shots. Dude, what, they might not they, be the finishes, but the setups are legit. When they drop fake yeah. Wesley Snipes out of the fucking uh, drop door, because he didn't do that stunt, obviously. He did not do that stunt, but they somebody did. Somebody through the drop door of a plane. That's pretty rad. Like, and and that is and and that is my my vote. Um, that first scene where they they drop him out of the the plane without any notice, and then she she you know does the bullet dive or whatever the hell you call it, where she mm-hmm. she catches up with them and then does the cool flip. And I kind of liked how they did the cool flip, but like didn't connect on the first try, so she had to do it again. Like that is like some that was cool. That, that's um, building tension. That's uh, yeah, yes. art. I, so, I hope that guy had a reserve chute on, like a secret parachute on, oh, because he sure. clearly wasn't yeah. wearing one uh, on his back. But like, yeah. man, that was really cool. They yeah. they did that. She connected that. Like, whoever those jumpers were, they connected in midair and did that jump. And that was that was dope. They did that front roll thing, which I thought was really cool because then it comes back, so it actually means something. So I watched this movie. This is not a great action movie. But in watching all the legit skydiving scenes, I thought about The Gray Man, that $200 million Netflix movie directed by the Russo brothers who did Avengers Endgame and Infinity mm-hmm. War. And, yeah, with, uh, and they, with they, uh, Matt Damon. There's a skydiving scene in The Gray Man that's all CGI. And I couldn't help but think how pathetic some filmmaking is getting. or And you know, no, yeah. it is pathetic, but it's also over reliant on bullshit because well, there's a magic to movies. But at some point, too, though, you can't you can't threaten to kill Matt Damon, right? Like, well, it's they're, Ryan they're, they're, Gosling. For why Tom Cruise does it yeah. every single time? Yes, honestly, exactly. Like, and he's a cult member and a fatalist, so that we understand why. But no, at some point, like, yeah, you can't do that. But with, like, you, but that's why you use billion-dollar actors anymore. You use but stunt human doubles. lives aren't expendable. Which but I'm not saying it's, it's a not, good thing. I'm saying at some point that like they just. I'm just saying. But dystopian future, they're like, we're not going to risk anybody's ass. To your whole argument anymore. is that they're expendable, but they're not. Like they're taking care of these people. That's no, I, I'm and, with and, you. I'm saying they can't. Like we're not, we, we can't, we can't, we can't do that anymore. Insurance won't let us throw. No, no, no. no, no. Planes but you have stunt doubles. You have professionals. Stunt doubles have families and lives too. Fo- follow my friend. You, you can't True. throw people out of planes anymore. They follow my friend. They're just sorry, not going to let you do it. I'm just saying. At some point, they'll say, I can't throw a dude out of the plane. Yeah, but what if nobody loves him? Well, okay. So we can throw Captain Cash out of the plane, but everybody else is safe. No, that's not how I mean, that works. I mean, 100%. And I love Captain, Captain Cash. Cash plane, so but... please don't throw Captain Cash out of the plane. Captain Cash, shit around the pod. I'm sorry. Chumpy, here's the part that you're missing, though. People are are professional risk takers, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about just stunt doubles. I mean, like, follow my buddy Jeb Corliss on social media. This guy is a he's he's a wingsuiter base jumper. Like, he makes way way less money on his projects than he would if he were to be hired to do a film like this, right? Like, people do this as they're living and make a lot less money than they would in a Hollywood film, like. You can find people that do these things. I mean, I mean, my 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 friends and coworkers are people that have kayaked off of two hundred foot waterfalls, which is an insane thing to do. 
and they didn't really make a lot of money doing it. Um, so calculated risk is a real thing. Extreme sports are a real thing. Fair, These fair, stunts fair. are not that insane and people do them for fun and for free all the time. Like it's not a crazy thing to, to have the magic of movies. And you're right. Like, no, we shouldn't like Tom Cruise is an insane person that does that, you know, does high altitude, low oxygen jumps. And, but, and to his credit, his halo jumps are fucking rad. Amazing. Cool. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are but there are people that do this professionally. I'm not in favor of anybody being in any extra danger. I'm just saying for me and for my dollars, it's way more valuable to employ stunt people who do this than it is to employ uh, than it is to like shamelessly uh, farm out special effects coordinators to do your shit so your movie looks hackneyed. I don't know. Like, as long as it's safe, you're taking precautions. I I think it's a lot cooler to do real shit. I'm going to say here, T-Dubs, and to your point, Dr. Blake, that if we do a hops and box office flops skydiving movie, I fully expect you guys to hire a stunt double for me. If you guys want to do your own stunts, that's on you. But as far as my life and livelihood is concerned, hire a stunt professional and CGI most of it. I don't want to see anybody jump out of a plane on my behalf because there's no point. I mean, I'm, I'm being a little bit of a dork here, but like the same thing with guns, right? Like we don't have to have live ammo on a set anymore. Don't throw people out of planes. Like Tom Cruise well, is that cool makes all, sense, but like, that. you know, whatever. I totally embrace reducing the risks. That's fair. But at the same time, and this is me personally before we head into the break, mm. I'm just so tired of watching things that aren't really there. Well, and if I'm and if I'm going to enter the realm of make believe and it's not going to look particularly good, I'll just play video games. Yeah. So can we all agree? that that's probably the biggest issue with the ant-man and the quantum mania realm or whatever yes, but we're is not it, gonna go there because we're no, gonna go to the break it's but you, but you have a very good point though it's the cgi it's the absolute reliance on the cgi that pulls you away from the material it doesn't you, you're not there which yep. what i can give to this movie which is not the best of movies is that you feel like you're there very you are skydiving you and are it's cool. watching people Very skydiving. Practical. so mm-hmm. let's take our second break we're going to hear from our uh wobam entertainment brethren over the double turn podcast and when we come back we've got the blue skies black death trivia challenge oh my hey everyone it's the j-man and i'm the host of the double turn podcast Every month, myself and a featured guest bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in the industry, or taking a look back at some of the greatest matches and moments in history. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And give us a follow on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod and on Instagram at The Double Turn Podcast. And don't forget to check out our home base at wabamentertainment.com for all your comic book and movie needs. And check out our sister podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. 
Hello and welcome back to the 190th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are on to the Blue Skies Black Death Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, tonight we have the standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz, and you'll be playing for Wesley Snipes' sweet skydiving jumpsuit. Oh, hell yeah. No, is this the one that he... Uh... He shit in while wearing chinos and then had yep. to do the weird, the weird funky walk. That was uh-huh. the funniest part of the movie, by the way. The, Never. the Wesley Snipes, like, because he was doing yeah. the, uh, the, uh, oh, God damn it, the, the Willie Mays Hayes uh, walk when he was going back down the, and, and shaking the, shaking the pants out. I wanted him to pull, yep. I wanted him to do the indie, the indie prank where he pulled a snake out of his pants. That would have been, that would have topped it all off. <laughs> and by the way, his Mustang was fly. Can I Super say fly? Nineteen ninety four movie. It was yeah, fly. No, just, that counts. Yeah. That's that's fly. Uh, by the fresh. way, suit's never been washed, so still carries the musk. Mm-hmm. So this is primo stuff here, guys. Oh wow! Tonight okay. your chimes are dick brain, or you fell, you lived, or strangle the weasel, or any of the pod stalwarts. So nice. good luck, gentlemen. Number one. Drop Zone was one of two skydiving films released in 1994. Who was the star of the other? Bonus points if you can name the film. Was it A, Charlie Sheen? Was it B, Emilio Estevez? Was it C, Michael Dudikoff? Or was it D, Christopher Lambert? Dick Brain. Link Blake. That is A, Charlie Sheen. Okay. In the cinematic dumpster fire that was... Terminal Velocity. Bling Blake has two points. Both of those are correct. It's a garbage movie. Jeez. That movie movie made made this one look fantastic. Was that the sequel to Navy Seals? Two skydiving movies. It's dog shit. 1994, two skydiving movies. All right. Number two. Drop Zone had three taglines listed on IMDb. Oh, no. Which of these was not one of them? Is it A, taking crime to new heights? Is it B, the threat is in the air? Is it C, something dangerous is in the air? Or is it D, don't forget your parachute? Farts and tarts. Chumpzilla. I want to go C. It is not C. Oh, damn. Now I'm in trouble. I'm going to go with... B, the threat is in the air. Oh my god, I fooled all of you. It's don't forget your parachute. Ah, damn. I thought for sure that was hokey enough to be on there. Like, I should write taglines for bad action movies. You really you should. should. That's all I'm saying. So it's still 2 nothing, Bling Blake. We're on to number three. Director John Batham apparently loves directing police procedurals. Mm-hmm. He even directed several shows featuring pod-appearing actors. Which of these was not one of them? Is it A, The Beast, starring Patrick Swayze? Is it B, Blind Justice with Ron Eldard as a blind cop? Remember Is that it one. C, The Defeated, starring Taylor Kitsch? D, The Shield, starring Michael Chiklis? Or E, In Plain Sight, starring Mary McCormick? Arthur Tarts, D, Michael Chiklis. Incorrect. He directed an episode Damn. of The Shield. I'm big trouble now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, the 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 Tim Riggins one. Uh, Taylor Kitsch is correct. It was yeah. defeated. 
Yeah, he loves cop shows. This guy. I just figured John, he's like John he Carter himself. Taylor Kitsch became Taylor Kitsch. popular, right? Like, yep. All right, Chumpzilla, you're basically out of this because it's three Damn, nothing. Yeah, no, I'm, but I'm toast. Number four, Drop Zone isn't Gary Busey's first rodeo with extreme sports film. Mm. He was famously Keanu Reeves' partner in Point Break, but he also starred in this 1970s surfing movie. Is it A, Endless Summer? Is it B, Big Wednesday? Is it C, Five Summer Stories? Or is it D, Morning of the Earth? I'm going to shoot. Bling Blake. This is wrong, but I'm going to go with Endless Summer. Incorrect. It is not the Endless Summer. Jumpzilla. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Yeah. What do you mean? <clears throat> C. It is not five summer stories. It was Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday? What the hell is that? You Never can get bonus it. points if you could name the director of the film. Chris Columbus. No, but I'll give you a hint. He has directed uh, one of my personal favorite movies. It launched his career. He also wrote the USS Indianapolis scene in Jaws. And I've recommended the documentary about him on this film or Jonas? on this podcast. Who Go for directed it, if you got it. Conan the Barbarian? Uh, Milnes. John Milius. So Milnes. you have a point. Yep. Oh, geez. Yep. So John Milius, who was a surfer famously, directed oh. this movie Big Wednesday. An absolute wild man for the record. Which uh, also, it's like heavily about friendship and Vietnam and. It's definitely worth your time, and it's much more well loved now than when it was released. But huh. yeah, yeah, he did. All right, it. all right. Well, you still lost technically, but yes, I did. Num- number five, Drop Zone, as we stated in the beginning of the pod, grossed twenty eight point mm-hmm. six million. Which of these other nineteen ninety four extreme sports flops movies outgrossed it? Is it a surviving the game? Is it B, Terminal Velocity? Is it C, The River Wild? Or is it D, Free Fall? Dick Brain. Blink Blake. I'm going Kevin Bacon and Meryl Streep all day with River Wild. 100%. The River Wild was an actual hit. It made 46.8 million domestically. Uh, Free Fall was straight to video. Terminal Velocity made 16.5. Survive in the Game made 7.7. Is that like Judgment Night? No, Surviving the Game is like about hunting impoverished people. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> Ju- the, judgment it's like the most dangerous game. Yeah. The most dangerous game, yeah. yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, like, were it not for the fact that the River Wild did so well, we'd be watching that next week as opposed to <laughs> what you have to watch next week. I mean, I love chopping malls the next, uh, just as much as the next guy. So I'm 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 I was pleased you gave us that, William Blake. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, River Wild's like a legit movie. But it's a great movie. We're on to recommendations, and that might be my recommendation next week. So, gentlemen, what do you have on tap for us? Chumpzilla, what do you got? You know, I'm gonna cop out because I don't have Captain Cash here, but like go out and check the uh checkout that is. If you say the expanse, you're getting kicked off the show. Well, you know. Here's the thing. It's kind of funny because that's actually an in-joke because 
there is a small expanse reference in this last episode of the Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian's back. Yeah, the first episode's a bit of a recap. I can't say that I found it super uh, satisfying, but as far as some of the other Star Wars stuff that is not Andor goes, it's still the best we got, and I enjoyed it. So yeah, you know, hey guys, welcome back, Mando. We're here. I'm with um, you. I was happy to see him come back. It was hopefully, good. Hopefully, it picks up from here. You have no idea how much I love The Mandalorian, and it, uh, it, it, it was a good episode. If you like the show, you like that episode. It treaded a bit of water, but let's play it upwards and onwards. Let's go from here. You <laughs> tread water, you Jacobin. I do. Uh, Blake, Blake, what do you have on tap for this week? So, you know, going into this, my recommendation was going to be to watch on HBO Max uh, the same film that we all watched the last time we were in the same room together, uh, which we discussed more than I thought we were going to tonight. And that is Point Break. It is for free on HBO Max right now. Go watch Point Break. You're going to love it. The original. Um, The original. I don't even discuss the other one. Um, But the other one is not a thing. And I hope everyone involved with that had violent diarrhea. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, But I think the unsung hero of, uh, of drop zone was Michael Jeter. Um, We talked about him briefly in the beginning of the pod. Uh, He is the, the computer guy. He gets his finger bit off. He's really a lot of fun in this movie and then becomes a competent jumper and criminal by the time this thing is over so he has a cool little character arc too the only actor who did a jump really yeah is michael Um, jeter michael jeter did do the tandem jump uh i i've i've always liked him uh going way back to the the burt reynolds uh sitcom evening shade um i've always liked michael jeter but he was in a film uh directed by the russo brothers called that takes place uh in cleveland um called welcome to collinwood and it is a Mm -hmm. uh heist film uh comedy crime movie uh basically like (laughs) the the low rent oceans 11 effectively okay Uh, and it's really a lot of fun um and the other thing that we have skipped on this podcast so far tonight is mentioning the word tubi and we need those to be dollars. Yes, we so do. you can watch Welcome to Collinwood for free on Tubi right now. Um, I mean, okay, just real quick, let's go through it. Uh, uh, William H. Macy, Isaiah Washington, Sam Rockwell, Michael Jeter, it's the last movie that he did before he passed away. Uh, oh Louise Guzman, Patricia Clarkson, George Clooney, Jennifer Esposito, Gabrielle Union. It's a fantastic film think it was nominated for something um it should have been with that cast good god yeah it's it's really good uh i can't remember if it got i can't remember what, what it got nominated for but um hell it, it might even be eligible to be on this i think it, it only made like eight or twelve million dollars on a budget of like five but yeah hmm. welcome to collinwood check it out you'll enjoy check it. it out nice okay well that's a dynamite recommendation my recommendations are twofold. I've been watching all the best picture nominees. So outside of Avatar and Top Gun, which I've recommended 
after I saw them. And then, of course, Banshees and Inisherin, which you and Captain Cash mentioned, Blink Blake. I'm going to recommend both Tar and The Fablemans. They're exceptional films. And this may be shocking since I'm a huge Spielberg mark, but I'd vote for Tar over The Fablemans. I think that's mainly because uh, there's a documentary about Spielberg on HBO Max that covers his early life and his love for film more thoroughly than The Fablemans does. It's just a better, like, if you love Spielberg's, why not just watch the documentary? Uh, but I did really enjoy The Fablemans. And I'm going to keep watching the Best Picture nominees. So nice. uh, I started Elvis and uh, not going to be my pick. <laughs> I don't, you don't I'm like Baz enough not, for that movie. I'm no, not shocked, I don't. though. That, that one looked a little bit weak. Not going to lie. I just, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Tom, anyway, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker in that movie is a, is a, a really great performance. Uh, I can see why you why you would not like it if you don't like Baz Luhrmann. You're but not going to like Elvis. But I nominated for the Razzie, Tom Hanks. Well, yeah, and I, I'd that's say that's a bad accent, but it's I'm, not his fault. I'm going to throw that movie into the same boat as the uh, Queen biopic. It's kind of like, well, the Queen biopic literally sucked. Well, yeah. No, see, I love that movie, but, but they were both for you guys. But they're both clearly Oscar bait bullshit. Yeah, so it's 100%. like it's like ah, if you had like a really compelling angle, it's great. But there's like, oh, it's just a well done biopic. Like, well, that's not a guarantee anymore. Well, yeah. I liked Elvis for the same reason why I liked Rocket Man in that it is a fantasy world the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's and the, and you know it, it, there's pianos, a lot of piano, a lot of pianos. It yeah. it it flirts with reality. I know we're not. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't get into this at the end of the the pod, but uh, I I liked Elvis, but I love Baz Luhrmann. Um, those are I I think those are really fun films. Whatever yeah. he does, usually. Yeah, so. right okay, so well, anyways, back to better films because my second mm-hmm. recommendation. Don't be a dick. Is another Wesley Snipes action classic, Passenger Fifty Seven. Oh, it's AKA there on black. Die Hard on a Plane. Um, so good. I chose this because in unfortunate recent news, a pod favorite, not necessarily as a human being, uh, but as an actor, Tom Sizemore hmm. suffered a brain aneurysm and uh, it's not looking good. No, they, I'm not. And, and you know what? I'm not going to judge Tom Sizemore for being afflicted with addiction and or the love of hookers. Because that could be any one of us. But for the grace of God. Yeah. Mm. Um, so he's in Passenger 57. It's not one of his more memorable roles. But you do see why he was a really charismatic and celebrated actor. He was a top tier character actor of his era. Yeah. So remember, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hobson B.O. Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at Writer TLK, Captain Cash when he's not... Uh, Hunting for Fish in Boston, you can find at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H uh, on most social media. Chumpsilla can be found at Chumpsilla 8 on Twitter. McCheese, long dead, long buried, uh, long thrown out of a plane at HBO McCheese on Twitter. And Bling Blake can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. Remember, check out Wabam Entertainment at wabamentertainment.com. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. 
In the end, listeners, remember one thing. If someone bites off one of your fingers, you've got nine good ones left. We'll see you next week for the final episode of Hops and Extreme Flops, Damned River. It's a river that's damned. Not like it, not like a dam. It's got an or end. Like, like no. a cur- it's cursed. So it's yeah, hard yeah. to explain. It's yeah. A, it's not damn, but just like you don't want to go there. Yeah. That yeah, can't go there. That being said, a jailbreak from a 747 is a pretty cool idea. Exactly. I, I'm just saying a jailbreak from a 747 is a good way to end up landing in. A damned river. A damned river, yeah. The Slam Beezy!